Ooh, and you know, I'm always on such high alert that sometimes I think white people say the N-word even though they didn't. <laughs> same, same. Oh, I'm like, what you just say? They're like, I just said good morning. <laughs> okay. <laughs> cool, Jenny. <laughs> And I'm Yasmin, and, and this, this is the, the Mixed Feelings, Feelings Podcast. Hey, world. Welcome. It's uh, episode two Yay. of season two. Of season two. Can you believe it? Yes, because we're sitting here once again. Um, so this episode, we're going to be talking about bum, bum, bum. I know. And I just want to preface this entire episode by saying that the problem with racism in America is not the use of the N-word. This is a symptom of the racism in America. So even if we all decide today that we no longer want to say the N-word, we will still have racism in America. Thank you for clarifying that. Yes. You're welcome. No, I feel like that's a good distinction because there's, like, two definitions of racism, right? Oh, yeah. So it depends on if you're using racism as prejudice versus racism as a system. Exactly. Like, there's racism with words, and then there's racism with policy. Yes. Today, we're talking about racism with words. Language. And images, too. Yep. Huge part of it. Okay, Kaya. So I want to tell you a little story. Okay. Are you ready for story time? Story time. Let's go. Okay. So earlier this year in February, uh, Winston Churchill High School in Potomac, Maryland. Is that how you say it? Potomac. Is it Potomac? I don't know. I have no idea. (laughs) Never been. I think they'll say it in the clip. Um, Basically, some white students printed Mm. off these things called N-word passes, and they handed them out to other students during lunch, and whoever held the N-word pass was allowed to say the N-word with no repercussions. What do you mean? Was it just like a laminated piece of paper or what? Let's find out. Okay. It's a joke that went maybe a tiny bit too far at the most, but the school blew it out of proportion. Gavin Norman is a sophomore at Winston Churchill High School in Potomac. On Friday, two of his close friends printed around 15 copies of this meme from the internet and handed them out to students during lunch. The meme, modeled after a Willy Wonka golden ticket, says N-word pass. The idea being pass holders could use the racist term without repercussions. It should have been like maybe one day suspension at the most, just like protocol for schools. But it ended up being a lot more than that. You know, it's kind of fitting because Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory is low-key terrifying. (laughs) Say more about that. (laughs) Really, though, there's all these theories that like he's trying to kill everybody because all the kids, you know, end up disappearing. That's true. They low-key. Well, you see them at the end, only in the new version. Yeah. Oh, that's dark. But what do you think about the school's response to this? I was actually a little bit surprised that discipline actually did happen um, because we hear like all these stories of racist stuff happening at high schools and like nothing really happens. Um, but I, I don't know. Like I, I don't know if it's sufficient. I don't know if just tolerance training is enough for people to feel like they've made an impact. 
I'm kind of curious to hear what a black student at this school has to say. Me too. It's just, it's childish. Sophomore Philip Chillicom gave the incident a 7.5 on the offensive scale. You know, it's something that I've been thinking about lately and it's just been stuck in my mind. It's, it's kind of like, you know, it's, it's disappointing. I like how he said it's been stuck on his mind. Yeah. You know, like it's something that probably will stick with him for a long time. Well, yeah, I mean, his high school did something pretty wild. I don't think you will forget that soon. Yeah, I also read somewhere that um, a black female student was also really disappointed with her peers' behavior and that it's just, it's messed up, you yeah. know. I think it too shows his reflection on the impact that stuff like this has on people of color. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's lasting, it's wounds that take a long time to heal if they do heal. And that's the 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 contrast, right? Like white students don't think it's that big of a deal. They don't think that they're making that big of an impact. Whereas people of color, black people specifically, when using this word, it leaves a deep scar. Churchill's principal said she was, quote, deeply disappointed and appalled by what she called a racist, hateful act. Your principal called this racist conduct. Do you agree with that classification? I do not agree. Why is that? No one was trying to offend anyone. No one was saying the actual word. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just think it's hilarious that he was even asked that question. <laughs> yeah, they set him up for failure. Also, do you really think no one said the word? Oh, that's what I don't understand. Is he saying because it was printed on a piece of paper that no one said, said the it? word? Or yeah. like in real life, people just said, oh, the N-word. I have no idea. I feel like they said the word hard R. Yeah, and it all seems just a little bit like the story's not lining up. Mm. Messy. Mm. So I guess the point of sharing this story with everyone is to, to say that this word is still controversial. It still matters. And it's a word that has always existed in this country. Yeah. And it's not just between white people or people of color. There's a lot that I think different communities need to think about in, in how they use that word if they're using it. Mm, very true. Let's talk about the origins of the word. Yeah, tell me about it. So the Latin root is spelled N-I-G-E-R. I don't know how to read Latin, so I'm not really sure how people pronounce that. Right, maybe like the country? Maybe. Um, but that basically just means black. Um, and you can hear that in a lot of languages, like in Spanish, negro is black. The N-word itself has actually been used since uh, 1619 when the first ship of slaves set foot in Virginia. Um, and it was merely a descriptive word. It actually was not derogatory at that point in time. Oh, okay. Yeah. It kind of changed its meaning by the early 1800s during, you know, the heated pots of slavery. Right, right. <laughs> Um, but basically, the word evolved into something that was, like, subhuman, right. monkey-like, ape-like. Yeah. Which is why people will get slapped today mm -hmm. if they say that word to right. a black person. Right. That's why I think context does matter in this language. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think it's okay and valid for people of color, especially black people, to get upset when that word is being used around them. Oh, Totally. Especially when it comes to Jim Crow, right? Like, there are still people alive today that lived through Jim Crow, and yes. Jim Crow imagery hasn't really gone anywhere. No, no, right? We're in this, like, new era of the Jim Crow. Mm -hmm. And also, it's, it's transformed in ways that makes it a little more difficult to see it, but it is still there. Yes, it is. Um, let's talk about kind of some images that were seen during, like, 
the late 1800s to mid 1900s. Right, because you were talking about like almost caricature. caricature how do you say that word? Caricatures. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, we were talking about caricatures of black people um, on like sheet music, right? So it was pretty common to see sheet music for ragtime songs, vaudeville, mm. um, jazz music with the N-word on it, or the word coon, um, and then images of black people. I'm not talking about African-American people. I am talking about black skin, which is not something that is very common, um, especially in African-Americans. So it is a caricature, right? Because we know that black people come in an array of shades. Right. They come in mocha, caramel, cinnamon, (laughs) peanut butter. (laughs) (laughs) Right, and so I think... Like, the over-exaggeration, too. Maybe that's why that word kind of sticks in a weird way. Because we just inherently know that it's not describing, you know, in accurate ways of our people. Right, exactly. In in comparison to, like, a pale white person, mm-hmm. yes, a black person looks black. But if you are looking at a sea of black people, they come in all different shades. Even you and me. We're two different colors. Yeah. You know? With the same mix, but we got a different shade. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Um, another way that we saw that the N-word was in nursery nursery rhymes like eeny, meeny, miny, mo, ketcha. Yeah, by the toe. I did not know that. Yeah. I did not know that. And that's because our history is commonly erased. Yes. Or even like how normalized stuff like that is that we don't realize, you know, what's being used in, in the context of it almost. Oh, totally. Um, also, isn't like Ring Around the Rosie, isn't that like a reference to the Holocaust? Yeah, it's really sad. Yeah, why are we teaching our children that? Yeah, I don't know. We're messing them up and they don't even know it. You were messed up and you don't even know it. We're all messed up and we <laughs> don't even know it. <laughs> so true. Um, and even in addition to that, you see these products like Aunt Jemima's syrup and pancake mix. Mm-hmm. Um, she was like the mammy figure, you know? Yeah. Um, and you ever eat cream of wheat yeah. as a kid? Yeah. You remember Rastus? That was his name. <laughs> that was the name of the man on the box who would be stirring that big old bowl of cream of wheat with the berries on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um. Even on TV, seeing, like, buckwheat um, as a child um, and just very dehumanizing images of of black people in these archetypes of, like, the Jezebel, the mammy, the hypersexualized man, the lazy person, you know, and all of these images are very closely associated with the N-word and Jim Crow. Don't forget about the tragic mulatto. Oh, don't forget about the tragic mulatto. We are (laughs) the tragic mulattas. Yeah, like, you can't forget about us. No. So, yeah, I guess it's just really important to, to think about these things, you know, lawn jockeys, ashtrays of, like, black mouths. Um, those things didn't just disappear. They didn't vanish. You can still get these things. You can still find them in antique shops or in some of y'all grandparents' lawns. You know, actually, and I wish I would have looked this up before we started recording, there's a museum. Somebody collects um, those things, like, like physical materials from that. Are you talking about in Minnesota? No, it's not in Minnesota. That's why I wish I looked it up because I don't know where it is. There actually is. It's um, an old Minnesota Vikings player who does collect those memorabilia. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's exactly who you're thinking of, but it was uh, around the time of the Super Bowl. He opened up an exhibit in the library downtown um, with all of that memorabilia. And it was dark. Let me tell you, there was this one picture I saw of a lot of black babies, they were all in a line, and it just said alligator food. <sighs> all right, all right, all right. Let's lighten it up. 
Please. Let's talk about the hard R versus the A. Yeah, okay, so... We can't. We can't. We're not gonna... I mean... Okay. <laughs> I've had an epiphany mm-hmm. while doing research for this podcast. Mm. This specific episode, right? And... I don't think I want to say it on this show, and I really want to challenge myself not to say this word ever again to a human being. Yeah, yeah. I can use it, you know, in quotations, so I probably will will use it at um, some point to, like, quote somebody, um, but in terms of, like, calling some someone, like, my N-word, like, mm-hmm. even in a friendly kind of way, I don't know how I feel about that anymore. Yeah, this has kind of changed your perspective. Yeah, yeah. So we, I I think most Americans are in agreement that the hard R, we should all eliminate that from our vocabulary. I don't know if we're all in agreement. At least in public, we should all (laughs) eliminate that from our vocabulary because you don't see people saying that out loud like it's like cool in in the mainstream. Right. I think it's almost gotten to the point now because I... I was telling you about this, right? Like, at our campus, I'm going to name drop y'all because I graduated at the University of Minnesota. Alma mater. <laughs> um, they had this, like, stupid thing. And when I say they, I mean not me. <laughs> like, white people primarily that I know of would do this, like, hard R Wednesdays or hard R Fridays or whatever the day of the week it was. It didn't make sense. It wasn't right. like Wine Wednesday, you know? It wasn't right. intuitive. Uh, but I was like, oh my god, I didn't know that people were wanting to say it. So without, badly, right? right? The hard R. Like, why do you want to say it? And then, like, make it a weird joke that, like, it's the group dynamic, right? Mm-hmm. So they're trying to make it, like, Wine Wednesdays, mm-hmm. you know, where, like, you feel okay for having wine in the middle of the week. And you know what that tells me? These people have no grasp on black history in their own country. Like... And the thing about black history that a lot of white people forget is it's American history. It is not just African Americans who can claim this history. This is your history too, white people. Yes. And and really, it's almost like we need to shift the paradigm of what does racism do that hurts white people? Not mm-hmm. just people of color, but how is it hurting white people? Say right? that again. Yeah, I will. And I'll add a couple other words. Why does racism and white supremacy hurt white people? Because that's the shift I think we need to start seeing so that white people will want to stop, right? Because right now, why would they? Right. They, they are at the top. They have all the power. And really, I'm trying to think about this too. Like if I were, I'm, I'm light-skinned. I already, you know, have a lot of privilege in that. But if I were all white, you know, what, why would I, other than just wanting to be a good person, right? Like, why would you challenge racism? Yeah. I think about that sometimes too. And you know, I think it comes down to a conversation that we had with Julia last season Mm. and it's about humanity. Yes. Right. It's about welcoming your, your fellow humans and it's about building community and really seeing other people, not just for their sake, but for your own sake. That's because, the thing. Yes, yes, because when you are being racist or sexist or homophobic, in a way you are blocking off your own mm, humanity. Mm, 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 mm. Yes, and who hurts from that? You do. Mm-hmm. You know? And also that toxic energy, that negativity is what has separated us, right? Mm-hmm. It's what has prevented us from having like good conversations, you know, and from building, right? America is really behind in terms of basic things like infrastructure, education, yes. and it is because we can't see the humanity in each other. No, no. 
we don't even let formerly incarcerated people regain their rights yeah. after they've done their time. It's so true. It's really deep. It's, it's deep stuff. really deep. And I think that's where it's like, we all need to reflect. Maybe you're not using the hard R. Maybe you're not even using the A, the light A. But have you thought about it? Have you said it in songs? Do you think it's okay for other people to say it in songs? How are you reacting when people in your group or in your atmosphere use that language? It's all a part of the system, right, that we were talking about earlier that needs to be addressed individually. Yes. All of that. Yes. (laughs) Did we make it lighter for (laughs) y'all? Let's talk about Dick Gregory. Okay. So Dick Gregory was a comedian and activist during the civil rights movement, and he loved using the N-word. He would use it up a storm. And I think that a lot of the times he would try to find humor in the movement, right? And that's something that you see black people doing all the time. Like, we try to find, um, like, the the jokes in the pain, you know, because it's mm-hmm. how you survive. Yeah. Well, actually, that's kind of, like, been some of the reasoning that I've heard why black people use the N-word. Because it's their reclaim of, you know, trying to make a lighter situation or to, to use it in their power instead yeah. of the other way around. Totally true. And I totally see that argument, you know, and I totally validate that argument. Um, and Dick Gregory went even as far as to write an autobiography called Nigger. Now that's one of the times I will say it because he didn't call it the N-word. He called it Nigger, an autobiography. Yeah. <laughs> um, and in the, uh, the book's primary dedication, he says, Dear Mama, This is a direct quote. Dear Mama, wherever you are, if you ever hear the word nigger again, remember they are advertising my book. So he used that word because he never identified himself as the N-word. He saw himself as black, but he never saw himself as the N-word, so that word didn't bother him. He said that didn't have power over him. Mm -hmm. But I want to know why. Why didn't it have power over him? Yeah, why didn't he see himself, do you think? Like, I just want to hear, I wanted to sit down with him. Well, he's, he passed away last year. Yeah, that's so. unfortunate. <laughs> you know, though, because I think, like, I feel like his wor- like his response to that could be kind of insightful. Right, oh, definitely. And also, maybe not even all the way true. Yeah. You never really know. Yeah, no. Yeah. Um, also, shout out to Dick Gregory, because he was the first black performer to sit on the couch of The Tonight Show because of how raw... His stand-up was, because mm. he was just out there. He didn't really care. Um, and his, you know, his reaction to that, he said, where else in the world but America could I have lived in the worst neighborhoods, attended the worst schools, rode in the back of the bus, and get paid $5,000 a week just for talking about it? Dang. Yeah, and that was, that was, uh, that's real as hell. That's real talk. I was literally <laughs> just going to say that. Yeah, wow. Because I feel like America is so obsessed with trauma porn. Oh my god, I love that word. Thank you. Mm, mm. Let me just sit in that. Sit in Trauma it. porn. Pow, 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 pow. We should do an episode on porn. Oh yeah, write that down. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, totally. And I think that, um, you know, Dick Gregory being so forward and using that word, it did something for black people. Right? Like, yeah. you know, it, it took, it did kind of take that power away from white people. It's like, at that time, when only white people were using that word as a way to demean and diminish black people's beauty and brilliance, Dick Gregory was like, nah, I'm going to use it ironically. I'm going <laughs> to nah. use it in a funny joke. <laughs> that's not me. So, okay, yeah, that's kind of why I wish I could talk with him, you know? Yeah. It made us all kind of think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, another person who would do that is Richard Pryor. Okay, so tell me a little bit about what you mean. Okay, so Richard Pryor, he wasn't a part of the movement. Okay. He was just a funny man. <laughs> funny black man. Don't confuse it. Don't confuse it. And initially when he started out doing comedy, he tried to be more Cosby-like, you know, more, well, okay. Mm. <laughs> In context of when Cosby was a stand-up comedian. The person we all thought he was. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he tried to be more wholesome, family jokes, mm-hmm. you know, just like life's about, or I mean, jokes about black family life, right. um, black experiences, right. um, and he didn't use the N-word until... In the late 60s, he was like, fuck that. And he started using the N-word. Huh. Um, and I think that he did that just to kind of push his comedy over the edge. I didn't really find any evidence for, like, a real reason. Right. Um, at some point, he did say that using the N-word empowered him, um, probably for similar reasons to Dick Gregory. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. What do you think about that? Like, do, do you think that the, that word has the ability to empower when it was still used in such a racist, derogatory way? Yeah, I mean... Shoot. I think that there is power in realizing that you don't owe, or not really owe, but own, you know, the words or the actions that are being done upon you. You know, I think that's that's pretty powerful. Yeah. But I don't know if that necessarily means having to to shift the perspective and use it yourself, Mm -hmm. you know? I feel like you could just realize it. Yeah, I did find a quote where he basically said that he said that word to himself dozens and dozens of times to basically get rid of the nasty meaning so that it would kind of change meaning for him. Like desensitize. Yeah, to desensitize it. Exactly. Um, But if you've got to do that in the first place, what does that say about the N-word? Right, right. Yeah. Um, And so one day an interviewer asked him, they were like, so why do you say the N-word? Like what, what, you know, what compels you to do so? And he said, I think that people should say what they feel. I mean, you know, I don't give up bleep if it's racism or whatever ism it is. I mean, whatever, man, just to be yourself is such a nice thing. I like to be accepted, you know, but usually in order to be accepted by white people, you have to compromise so much from your hello. And then he says, and when I say a white man, I don't mean everybody, you know who you are. And that was in 1974 that he said that. <laughs> you know who you are. And I think that when he, when he was talking about white people, I don't even think he necessarily meant white people. What do you mean by that? I think he also meant some black people. Ooh. Ooh. Mm-hmm. I thought, like, what really stuck out to me in that was um, how, what do you say, like, how nice it is just to be yourself or something like yeah. that. Yeah, and how you have to compromise your hello. That's so true. Mm-hmm. You... <laughs> I think even Jay Cole talks about this, like when you're in an interview or whatever and you change your voice. Oh my God. You do your phone voice like, hello. Hello. Yes, of course. Yes, I'll be available on um, Monday, March 4th. <laughs> I do that all the time. Code switching. Yeah. Even just when I'm like ordering coffee, mm-hmm. like at Starbucks. I'm like, oh, <laughs> Janet. <laughs> Oh my God, yes. But what I think is so interesting about Richard Pryor is in 1979, he went to Kenya. Mm-hmm. He came back and he did a stand up, and this is what he had to say about his trip. One thing I got out of it was magic I'd like to share with you. You know, it's like I was leaving and I was sitting in the hotel, and a voice said to me, he said, Look around, what do you see? And I said, I see all colors of people doing everything, you know. And the voice said, do you see any niggas? I said, no. 
and said, you know why? Because there aren't any. And it hit me like a shot, man. I started crying and shit. I was sitting there. I said, yeah, I've been here three weeks. I haven't even said it. I haven't even thought it. And it made me say, oh, my God, I've been wrong. I've been wrong. I got to regroup my shit. I mean, I said, I ain't going to never call another black man a nigga. You know, because we never was no niggas. That's a word that's used to describe our own wretchedness. And we perpetuate it now because it's dead. That word's dead. We men and women, we come from, we come from the first people on the earth. <laughs> you know? So you can take it for what it's worth. I know, like, I ain't trying to preach nothing to nobody. I'm just talking about my feelings about it. And I don't want them hip white people coming up to me calling me no nigger or telling me nigger jokes. I don't like it. I'm just telling you, it's uncomfortable to me. I don't like it when black people say it to me. I really don't no more. It's nothing. It don't mean nothing. So I love y'all, and you take that with you. I guess y'all say What are your thoughts? I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Literally the best. Yeah, I, I think I really appreciate when people have moments of clarity like that. Um, so I think it was pretty amazing that he decided to share that. Yeah, me too. Like the fact that he was able to say, I was wrong. <laughs> We're that the to change. Yeah. That's hard to do. Yeah. Yeah, it is hard to do. And I think people of color, right? Like we got to do that self-reflection ourselves, right? Like finding clarity in how we feel about it mm -hmm. and being okay, you know, with with the truth yeah no absolutely I love that because also when you're in a land of only black people like I was saying earlier it's like when you're not next to a white person you're no longer black you're a different shade of brown yeah you might be fudge you know you might be white chocolate <laughs> but you're chocolate nonetheless <laughs> uh, yeah man what did you think I thought it was beautiful because also everything that I've heard about Richard Pryor, people seem to leave this part of him out, you know, and maybe that, that was because this was towards the end of his career, um, which I'm not even sure if that's true, but I just love that he had this shift in paradigm where it's like, to me, what he was really saying is that the N-word is a mindset. If you're saying, hey, what up, my nigga? That's a mindset. You're stuck in that, you know, because outside of America, that is not who you are. You're not a nigga outside of America. You are a human being. You're a person who does something and who has dreams and visions. And, like, you're no longer in the hood. So there's no need to have the hood mentality. You're just a member of the world, the global planet. And I like how he said that we're continuing to perpetuate it. Yeah. Because that makes all of us accountable, right? Mm -hmm. It's so easy to, I think, take the accountability out of ourselves. Being like, oh, I, don't, I only say it in songs. You know, but we're all perpetuating it still, just like in the beginning of this episode. That's so true. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. We do need to take ownership. But I want to talk about music. Yes. Let's talk about NWA. Ooh. <laughs> I just mouthed it. <laughs> so NWA changed shit, man. Like, yes. All of a sudden, the N-word was 
I wouldn't even say it was mainstream when they first came out because no, no. so many people protested their songs. Yeah. They bought their CDs just to burn them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like the same people who will buy Nike just to burn it because, <laughs> because Colin Kaepernick had the little campaign or whatever. And it was different, right? When you look back at interviews um, and, and people ask, like, did you purposely make NWA so that white people couldn't sing along? They're like, we weren't thinking about white people. No. Ah, yes. <laughs> it wasn't about that. No. And I think that definitely changed hip-hop music forever. Yeah, and, and do, do you think, like, it could also be a part of why... Because what were we talking about this all the way back in our, our rap episode about how, like... And J. Cole's 1985, like, how white people want to feel like they're black when yeah. they're listening to hip-hop, you yeah. know? And so maybe it's, like, using the N-word in rap songs is, like, perpetuating the whiteness that gets like super defensive and this weird desire to want to say it yeah i don't know you ever hear that quote they want our rhythm but not our blues i can't remember who said that she's big right now Mm. but yeah that's like the truest quote ever like or even the one, um, there's this one girl, she, she was in high school, she did a presentation, and a picture of her went out all over Twitter, it was retweeted so many times, and it was like, everyone wants to say nigga, but no one wants to be a nigga, was the title of her presentation, and I died. We should have hired her for this episode. We should have hired her, should have found her. Because it's so true, everyone likes to, like, say the N-word, and, like, especially to rap songs, right, because it's the new rock and roll. It yeah. pushes the limits on what is okay to say and what is okay to do. Mm-hmm. It talks about taboo stuff. Yeah. So everybody wants to say the N-word. Right, you of know, course. But does that mean we should? Right. Should we be saying it in rap songs? To be honest, I will probably still say it in rap songs. I will... Like, I, that word does not make me so uncomfortable to the point where I can't, like, use it. I just don't want to use it when I'm describing, like, a person. Like, an actual person. So, can white people use it in rap songs? Hell no. (laughs) But it's just the lyrics. Then say hitta. (laughs) I think you should go, mm, whenever they say it in the rap song. That's what this uh, this person at my job just did. They, (laughs) there was a DJ playing, I don't remember what song it was, but they um, were quoting the song and they said, mm, instead. They did it really loud, so I knew that they were Mm. avoiding that word for me. Um, they didn't need to do all that, but much love. To be honest, I watch people, too. Oh, hell yeah. I want to know what you're going to say. I want to know, I'm too. anticipating that the N-word's coming up in the song. Are you yep. going to say it? Are you going to say it? And I want to know if I should take one step closer or one step back. <laughs> Can we also talk about Kendrick Lamar? Yes, Pulling yes. up the white girl That was so funny. What did you think of that? Wait, okay, let's explain in case not everybody knows you're what so, we're talking about. You're so right. Um, what song was it? I think it was Mad City. Yeah, it was Mad City. And he pulled her up onto the stage so that she could sing along. I'm already laughing. And she started singing along. (laughs) And literally every other lyric is my nigga. (laughs) And this white girl, she's going (laughs) off. Because she wanted to prove that she was a true fan. (laughs) She deadass looked like she was from Shakopee, Minnesota. But he holds her up. (laughs) He holds her up and he lets her have it. No, he told her, no, he stopped her. Yeah, he he was like... Oh, that's what you mean. Yeah. That's what you mean by let her have it. Yeah, you let her have it. Yeah. 
Um, and a lot of black people were critical of that. I know, actually. I, I had a lot of friends who were like, that was horrible. Boo, Kendrick. Which I kind of understand to the extent that it's like, okay, why'd you bring her up during that song? Like, you should have brought her up during Bitch Don't Kill My Vibe. Because we can all sing along to that. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, you know, y'all know how we feel about Kendrick. So there is some bias in this. Yeah, he's the best rapper ever. Yeah. And so I'm just like, you know it was premeditated. Like, he thought that through. Oh, so you think that he basically framed her? Oh, I think that he was like, this is the kind of image and the kind of impact I want to have. And then he made it happen. Oh, that poor girl. I think she's from Kentucky. That poor Kentucky girl. She had no idea. Yeah. It's miserable. Miserable for her. (laughs) Okay, so what about um, black people saying that it's a way to just, like, reclaim the word and make meaning out of it, make new meaning out of it? Right. I I definitely understand that argument, and I think, like, full transparency, I really felt that argument for, like, the past few years as to why it was okay for black people around me to say it and also was like my first line of defense when white people were like why can't I say it right you know? and why are they saying it right because usually when black people say it it's like like a out of camaraderie right right you know um what about non-black people of color okay this is where I draw you draw the line <laughs> stick in the stand right here <laughs> you cannot say it no okay but ooh, I'm sorry baby we're gonna talk about this my personal experience, okay? Yeah, yeah. So my partner is Mexican, um, and we were walking on the sidewalk just, like, at this point, it was a couple years ago, and right in front of my apartment, and this old white dude who, granted, he was probably on some drugs, you know? He was off. Yeah, he was kind of weird. Um, passed us on the sidewalk and was like, you fucking niggers, or whatever. And wow. he didn't say, oh, whatever. I added <laughs> that part. Um, but that was really interesting to me because... I was like, oh, whoa, I'm having this experience with somebody who's not black. Yeah. And how does he feel about that, right? You know, and because he got called it, is it okay for him to say it now? And I say no. Yeah. Right. Well, also, just throughout history, just any person of color has probably experienced, if not like their own specific racist slur, right. they have still been called the N-word. I right. know time and time again it has happened to Chinese people, yeah. Latino people, yeah. it has happened to Indians, Native Americans, it has happened to pretty much anybody who is not white, and maybe even a white person who is just tan, I don't know. So like, <laughs> right, right. nothing is cut and dry in the world, right? Nothing mm-hmm. is black or white. Some things are black and white. Yes. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, you might get called it. Right. But does that give you license to say it? I don't think so. Because I wouldn't... I'm not out here trying to do other slurs of other races. I, oh, that's... Right? right. But, mm. but I think that the, the argument to that would be no one is using those like slurs in like a friendly way. Right. You know? Like we're all... Yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, maybe some people do try to claim them, but I don't think it's mainstream yeah, like the no, N-word is. Yeah, none that I've heard. You're right. What about woke woke white people who have, who grew up in the hood? Like, can they say it, Kaya? There's no such thing as woke white people. I'm just going to say that. Oh, you don't think there's woke white people? No. I First of all, this is like, this is my own personal vendetta right now because it's like being hipster, right? Or being a Buddha. Like, you... You can't be a Buddha. Exactly. No one can be a Buddha but exactly. Buddha. Exactly. <laughs> Do white uh, people say that? Uh, uh, like, you 
by saying you're a hipster means you're not a hipster because you're conforming to a group. So therefore, <laughs> right? Like, if you say you're woke, you're not woke. Like, let's just st- stop there first. Also, so. woke has been oh, just damaged because woke used to be a real damn thing. Like, it, being mm-hmm. woke used to be something that mainstream... You couldn't put it on Twitter because people weren't woke. Right. They didn't know what it meant. Right. But now, we're all woke. We're right? all apparently woke because we voted for Hillary or whoever, you know. Right, yeah. No, um... Okay, so basically, if anybody in the world is able to say it, it's black people, if we're going to use the word. Yeah, and I think... But how black? Mm, mm, how mm. black is black enough? Let me tell you. <laughs> I'm trying to figure that out for myself. Right, like, can you say it? I don't, I don't... Can I I'm gonna say it, you know? But I'm not gonna, like I said, I've had a new epiphany, but I feel like I'm black enough. <laughs> because people look at me and they're like, oh, you're black. Actually... I guess that's actually that is up for debate sometimes. Some people think I'm not. That's the thing. That's the thing. It's like it depends, right? Like that white guy who saw me on the sidewalk was like, oh, y'all are all a bunch of, you know. But but when I'm in a room of all black people, I'm like, kind of quiet down. Yeah. You know? Ooh, I just have to catch myself for what I just said because it's like that question we asked earlier like, why do you want to say it so bad? Yeah. Why you want to say it so damn bad? Right. (laughs) Mm. Mm. Okay, so let's talk about some, some reasons why maybe you shouldn't say it. First, first reason, the history of slavery and Jim Crow, period. Right, and we're now, it's not over, folks. Oh, because I think we've got to clarify. It's not over. It's, it's not over. Yeah, second, like, it maintains an enslaved mindset, like you were saying, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you're out of the hood, but you're still in the hood mindset. Yeah, right, and even if you are in the hood, and like, like, you don't have to limit your mindset to a hood mentality, mm. right? Like, and J. Cole raps about that a lot. Kendrick yeah. raps about yeah. that. It's like, think bigger for yourself, you know? There is a big world out there. And to stay in that enslaved mindset, that's exactly what, you know, the system of racism wants. It wants you to believe that you are a nigga and that that is all you will be. Mm-hmm. But no, you are so much more than that, you know? Like, we are all so much more than that. Also, are we really reclaiming it if... Racist white people still say it. Yeah, wow. Because it was like what we were talking about. We're still perpetuating it. Yeah. You know? We totally are. Yeah, and I don't think that... I think we should rethink about that argument of reclaiming that power. Yeah, and what that means. Right, right. And other ways that we could potentially do that, too. Yeah. And it might desensitize and erase a dark part of our history. So... Right, because if we're if we're just saying it casually in rap songs, yeah. white people are gonna think they can say it too, regardless. In you know, free speech in America. So maybe we shouldn't say it. Maybe we shouldn't. I don't know. Think about it for yourself. Yeah, think about it for and be honest with yourself. Okay. Like, why are you saying it? Or, because this is what I don't want to happen. I don't want some of our listeners to you know, or some of our white listeners or people of color to be like. I don't say it, so skip episode three. Like, no, really listen and be honest with yourself in this conversation. Mm. Yes. So basically, you know, as a solution, educate yourself on the word and the history of slavery and Jim Crow in this country. And if you know, like, the in-depth shit that happened and you feel like, you know what, I still feel okay saying this word, more power to you. And I just want to give a PSA, please. This is, this is more like a, me begging. 
do not go and ask your one black friend if it is okay for you to say it. Don't do that. Please. You heard it here first. Please. We're so tired. Well, that's all the time we've got. I can't wait for episode three. Me too. Well, take care of yourselves. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook at the Mixed Feelings Podcast. Go ahead and support our Patreon also at the Mixed Feelings Podcast. Our uh, our lovely patrons will be getting special content from us. Especially the more you pay. The more you pay, the more you play. Hey! hey. <laughs> See you guys later. We out.